here today with Dave Robson. Um, I think we met in uh, probably about 2007 when you were on Shirakji's Purple Valley, a uh, small little workshop then. Um, but I've done a little, obviously done a little bit of uh, research and I think you went to my school in 2002. Is that right? Am I? Yeah, that was my, my first trip there. Okay. And you were doing Hatha Yoga before that, I think. Yeah, I was doing uh, Shivananda and, uh, and Bikram styles, and whatever I could kind of find here in Toronto. Right. Back in the late 90s. <laughs> and Dave is the head of the MISO program, one of the biggest and busiest in, outside the MISO, outside MISO itself, India, um, Ashtanga Yoga Centre of Toronto. Um, busy international schedule. Um, don't know whether it's relevant or you whether it claimed, but you completed the, at least at least I, as I know the advanced A. I don't know how how much crazy you've got than the advanced A, but I've seen that. Yeah, I yeah. Um, so, um, an impressive CV, um, and also I didn't realize it's a comparative religions degree. So, yeah, comparative religion, just uh, uh, yeah, you know. an early love of the territory of spiritual exploration. Yes, yes, certainly some parts of it, uh, less, less the organized and more, more about the psychology of religion and religious experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. What, what attracted you to the asana in the first place? What, what attracted me to, sorry? The asana, the yoga asana. Oh, uh, yoga asana. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't so into uh, asana actually. Um, at first, I was I was into the idea of meditation and um, enlightenment. You know, uh, mainly for for all the superpowers <laughs> and uh, and the um, the option out of suffering. So yeah. uh, uh, I was kind of exploring um, different practices that way, and and I ended up in uh the shivananda school and uh, near the university where i was going they had a, a little center there they have one still and so i went in there and uh it, you know they i don't know if you're familiar with it but it's a pretty simple sequence of asanas it's a, yeah it's a shorter sequence like a 15 postures or something like that right yeah, Stand, yeah, yeah. there's like 12 like basic ones and then they kind of uh throw in some other stuff but uh wow. I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I wasn't like good at it in in the sense that I wasn't like strong or flexible or whatever. And yeah. but uh, but at the end, I had such like a deep sort of feeling of peace and release. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? And, I mean, uh, I, that that just made me want to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? I mean, I just I just wondering if you did anything. I mean, what was your background like? Were you, were you into? I mean, obviously you're. You got pretty good at yoga now, but were, were you always uh, like physical, or were you, did you come from a background of doing sports? Or I don't know what you put hockey, ice hockey over there. <laughs> there is a lot of hockey here, but no, I yeah. tried, but it was too much equipment. I was into uh, wrestling and judo. I oh, was, yeah? A, it was yeah, I was in judo when I was uh, a kid, from right. about eight to uh, fourteen. Okay. So I was, I was pretty serious about it. It was competing and things. And then I started doing wrestling in uh, middle school and then a little bit in high school. And then sort of all my physical endeavors collapsed in high school. It tends to go about 15, 16. It seems something comes yeah. in, you know, it seems to distract, uh, as I found yeah. anyway. 
had this long period of inactivity before, uh, so I mean, I was active, I was traveling and I was yeah. young and, you know, uh, but, uh, but I wasn't doing any, any kind of exercise, uh, necessarily once in a while I would go through little spurts of trying to be physical, you know, and, um, and healthy, but mostly I was doing pretty unhealthy things. Yes. Yeah. I, I kind of shared that I had a kind of taekwondo background and then kind of dropped off when, when, uh, women became interesting then uh, that seemed to distract me a little bit you know and they could wait a few years um so obviously actually very much like me you know i did a philosophy degree and there was that quick you know, i guess there was a questing right there's that wish to inquire you know and um what i mean from your perspective what did asana give to that i mean you did the comparative religions you came out of that you know i guess you started doing asana i mean what 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 is that i mean why is asana different to information or, or learning, you know, like on a, on a mm-hmm. level. Academic. Yeah, the, I really love the idea of embodied philosophy. You know, I, I love the idea of that you learn something that changed you. Not not that you collected an opinion or a, a body of knowledge and then another body of knowledge, another body of knowledge, but that you settled on one idea, a system, and, and uh, tried to live it. You know, and I was I was uh, finding things like that in in university too. You know, uh, uh, different ideas like uh, uh, I really loved uh, Epicurus. You know, an Epicurean philosophy. Yeah. And um, the uh, I loved uh, you know sort of the idea that um, you would your whole life would would sort of be guided by these principles you know, an embodied philosophy. But at the same time, I was meeting all these teachers and people that had all these ideas had been introduced, you know, to them and were very mm-hmm. familiar with them, but didn't seem to be affected by them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was so impressionable too, I guess. So like, like all the, you know, kids in university at first, so the ideas were really exciting to me. And, and I was thinking, how, how can you continue to sort of live a normal life? <laughs> Yeah, once you once you you know teaching this, and then it's so it's it so dramatically kind of implicates you in another direction, you know. Yeah, that exactly. was exactly my experience, and it wasn't incorporated in any kind of lifestyle; like it was just words, right? Exactly. Like yeah, just words, words, words. Um, but yoga that, was uh, uh, yoga is an embodied philosophy, right? Right, and I mean, moving on from that, I mean, how would like how would you say on a practical, even on a practical level, it affects? It makes it governs your daily life. It, it kind of shapes your daily life. How, how does the the physical routine, even just if, even if you were just doing asana, how how does that inform your, how your daily life looks and keep it on the kind of you know on a good upward trajectory? Right. Well, <laughs> like there's gonna. I mean, it's a tool, so it it could negatively impact your life, I suppose. Right. Um, but um, I I always think in a positive sense, it it works regardless of your intention through displacement, you know, by sort of putting the, the sadhana, whatever the, the, the practice in your life, you, you have to, uh, you have to make room for it. And usually that means you have to get rid of the things that uh, are in the way that are going to stop you from being able to do a practice. Mm. And so, so there's a, it kind of pushes a lot of uh, habits out of your life. If you're trying to maintain this one good habit, yeah. I guess another way to think of it is like orthopedically, it's like a brace, you know, that you're 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 sort of yeah. putting on. Yeah, like it gives you a structure and a framework. In a way, isn't it like like a like in the true yoga sense? It's not 
adding something is just allowing you to take things away. You know, it's giving you the ability and the strength to not need all the extra stuff and going out for the beers and, you know, whatever else was kind of clogging up your life that you didn't really need to do, right? Yeah, at first it does that. And then I find after a while you figure out how to do both again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're famous for having a, liking a beer on a Friday night. I always, I think I saw that in an interview once, you know, your Friday night treat yeah. and then you, you fall asleep or something. You can't drink, but well, you're so tired after the week, you know, you can't even get through the yeah. beer without falling asleep or something, yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite beer? Uh, we have a lot of good beer here in, in Canada. So, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of small breweries and stuff. Right. So, yeah. but, but lately, I'm, I'm into, uh, I, I like traveling and trying beer from all these different uh, right. countries. So I, I like, obviously, German beers and Pilsners and stuff. Yeah. But that's that kind of, uh, yeah, like Eastern European, right? They must have some good yeah. dark yeah. Eastern European has uh, many, many good things. Yeah. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> I think Germany probably win, right? Like Germany's got so many beers. Yeah. Pantheon of beer. They um, probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Yoga isn't a strong enough brace. Yeah. Holds <laughs> you against the beer. <laughs> um, Okay, uh, move through a couple. Okay, so let's get on to your, your way of teaching. Um, I know you're very particular onto the vinyasa count. Um, could you just, for our, our listenership, like explain how, why you hold that in, in, in such a strong, like sacrosanct manner as the kind of, it seems like it's really the kind of linchpin of the, of the way that you're, you're presenting the system, right? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I see it as being essential you know, it, it's what uh, differentiates the Ashtanga sadhana, the Ashtanga, I guess, vinyasa sadhana mm. um, from other styles of hatha yoga, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way it connects things together, the different postures, but I mean, it does so much more than that too. So the, the way that we have an accounting for each movement and breath is so creates its own sort of structure for meditation and um the the vinyasa is a, a bridge for our concentration so we're not sort of moving in and out of states of concentration ideally that vinyasa sort of holds our concentration as we go through the entire path of the sadhana so i, I like the uh the details of it you know i, I think of it as like coordinates in a way that they they map us through the past and there's so much to be learned from, from vinyasa. I mean, I spend a lot of time just thinking about it and talking about it and uh, yeah. whether or not you can do it, you know, you, you gain benefit from it. I remember seeing you talk about trying to jump in straight into Richard on a D on the one breath or something like that. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, imagine you're working on that, you know, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Some of the vinyasas are, are you know, they're, they're kind of impossible, right? Or yeah, the, it's an ideal, right? The, yeah. A lot of them are ideal. So it's uh, it's kind of a game we play with ourselves. It's definitely yeah. a game. And how do you how do you hold? Uh, I mean, how do you hold that ideal, right? Without making it yeah. kind of Very negative gently, judgment yeah. on yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. Like how, yeah. how do you play with that, right? Well, you know that that's the thing. The ideal reveals the the negative judgment that we make, um, but. Ideally, <laughs> the uh, we're we're going to use the vinyasa to keep us moving through judgments as well. So it reveals them, but it also gives us a path to kind of uh, let it go. Mm. You know, mm. to attenuate 
whatever sort of thoughts or attachments that we have at, at any moment, the demands of the vinyasa or the guide of it kind of doesn't let us fixate or, or attach too much. So what happens if someone like, they're, you know, they're, they're really struggling with the posture and they need a whole bunch of extra breaths to get into it. Uh, how would you... Me, I mean, <laughs> okay. I that all the time, every day. Yeah. Um, so you so, just take well, that? In, in terms of the technique of vinyasa, yeah, then you take as many breaths as you need to to get into it and then count. So, but you're still using the vinyasa in a sense. I mean, it's right. still guiding you. Right. You know? So are you, try, are, you, are you trying to do less breaths or, or are you allowing... It's a question of like acceptance, isn't there? And this question of like trying, which is a striving and a pushing, and acceptance, mm-hmm. which is a laziness, and, and trying to kind of bridge the two, right? So yeah. like you know you'd like to yeah. do it in less breaths, but then if you do it in, in less breaths, you could also sacrifice some awareness in the posture or, you know, rush the whole thing, you know? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, there's there's no answer that, that kind of collapses that, right? You you carry yeah. that that tension through the practice. That in a way that you at the edge, you know, uh, you're constantly evaluating and and watching what's going on in your body and, and uh, using that ideal to direct you, but not not to uh, crush you. <laughs> yeah. So it's a uh, it's it's a very very intelligent, clever. Uh, yeah. I mean, how do you deal with the disappointment of not measuring up on a daily basis to to vinyasa? Yeah, well, that's one of the reactions, certainly that that you know comes up, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, uh, there's there's certain things about my body that never change, you know, especially at this point now. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mean that that could be a source of frustration or <laughs> sadness but yeah, yeah but that yeah. to me that that seems kind of silly too because it's an arbitrary marker right that i'm using like yeah say, my ability yeah. to get into a gunda barandasana or something like some extreme back bend if i if i'm sad about my the difficulty i have or something like that it's, it's ridiculous it's like me getting up every day and measuring myself and still being sad that i'm not six feet tall, you know. You haven't got blonde hair or something, you know. And it's right, yeah, yeah, you know. You know, I mean, to you, be fair, you can yeah. definitely create your own hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could create a wig, but you know, you you have a you have a few blessings as well. You know, you have a strong a strong front side. You know, um, mm-hmm. you have some, some enviable lifts, and uh, I'm sure many people would be upset if they could, or less upset if they had them. So yeah, yeah, me and, <laughs> me and half the planet can. Uh, <laughs> Kind of blessing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't find it. I think I'm past that point now. You know, like uh, I've just scrolled enough around on Instagram where I don't consider myself that talented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instagram yeah. does tend to get to you. You know, it does tend. Yeah, to which, which is good. You know, it's good. I, I mean, um, my role isn't a isn't to demonstrate in that sense. It's, yeah. You know, as a teacher, I don't. I, I I think it's nice to be able to teach everybody, but most of the people I'm teaching aren't. At, at those, uh, those edges. Absolutely. Those, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So if you could say like there's one thing that kind of like, could you say one thing that defines your method of teaching or, or you find specific about your approach? Do you have a specific approach? You know, you uh, something that you concentrate on, I mean, apart from this, the vinyasa thing, you could say there's a, you know. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm traditional, you know, in the, I, I'm uh, sort of have tried to consistently apply the system as as I have understood it, and it's been taught to me. And um, I, I mean, 
I don't know if I'm the one to be able to say, you know, David's got a very unique and generous <laughs> approach to teaching. Humor. <laughs> you know, those, those bios for oh. teachers that you read that are like, wow. And then you're like, but wait, the teacher wrote this. <laughs> I'll say it for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I think you, I mean, one thing is you are, I mean, I, as I understand it, I think you, you know, you bridge what you bridge is, is an understanding of how to move in the posture as, as I, as I know through other students who you've taught, who I've taught a very skilled way of approaching the asana, but also a very humble and traditional perspective towards the sequence and the tradition and where it came from. So I'd say, if I were to define you, <laughs> I would say, you know, you bridged that very nicely, that, that question of towing the line with tradition and keeping tradition, but also keeping a slightly more westernized perspective to, to help people with the physical limitations that, you know, the tuition that maybe is, is also helpful, you know, because as I, in my understanding, you know, alignment isn't, isn't in any way sacrosanct per se, but, you know, you certainly want to be comfortable in the position and not, and keep of course, yeah. Yeah. If you're not safe and you hurt yourself, then that's the surefire way to fall out of practice and out of love of practice, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm trying to be helpful, you know? And um, that, to me, I, I realized a while ago that, um, that that was my role as a teacher, it, it, to, to try to help people. Like, that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, yeah. and then I think when I realized that it kind of uh, changed the way that I was uh, teaching and presenting myself and stuff, because then it wasn't about trying to prove, yeah, you know, prove it something is, as much as... That's a graduate. I mean, it, you know, it leads on to another question I kind of wanted to ask you about how, how, how as a teacher, you, how you've progressed, evolved, or graduated, you know, how you've changed. I mean, because I think that's one, uh, kind of one thing that every teacher would probably say is that first off, right? Like, I mean, certainly, you know, myself in my 20s at least, you know, if not, you know, it was more about me as a practitioner and this was something extra I did to support my practice in a way, you know. It was, right. inevitably we get, you know, less selfish prob probably as we get older, or hopefully, you know. So as you yeah, get older, it's more about, you know, you kind of feel like a retired athlete in a way. Like I've kind of done that stuff and, you know, and, and now let's focus on you guys, you know, which is nice, you know. It's, it's much more, it's much God, more. I wish I could be a retired athlete. Would <laughs> <laughs> that be great? It was like, oh, I, I don't have to practice anymore now. I've retired. But uh, <laughs> I mean, after, after this interview, I have to go do my practice. Oh, right. Oh, right. You know, it's always, it's always waiting, right? You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's true. Uh, it does change, doesn't it, over time? Like, uh, yeah. I think I was, I, was much, I was much more fiery and, uh, and strict and... Um, and really on my students, you know, for, for the first while. And, uh, in, in a way that I had, I, it yielded very good results in some, some ways. Like I built a very strong program in Toronto and, uh, and people quite like it, it turns out. What's that? It turns out a lot of people, funnily enough, a lot of people are quite like strictness and, and rules, you know? They do. Well, they, they do. Uh, yeah. point, point. <laughs> they do. They they like to be really uh, held. Yeah, you know, I this is this is yeah. my experience. Is they and they like that. And every day I would say, you know, see you tomorrow. I still say that. But yeah. if I didn't see them, then the next day I'd say, where were you? You know, right. why, why weren't you here? What happened? Yeah. And uh, and and people they liked that. But at the same time, they there was another part of them that I think um, resented 
you know, like people like to be taken care of and and accountable and, and stuff. But I found that there was a lot of transference happening in that too, where I, I started kind of becoming. And then you, you know, yeah, a bit of a parent, a bit of a daddy. Yeah, the, and they battle against the parent. They want the protection and they want the freedom. And, you know, I mean, yeah. It's, and and for them, then the only way to become free at some point is to grow up and and not need the parent, right? Yeah, take you responsibility know? for the practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it was kind of like a a bit of a self defeating like like a place for both of us, you know. Like where it for some people, I think I might have um, in in that sense like led them out of the practice, you know. But I don't I don't think that's what I should be doing. So now I'm I'm a bit more gentle, and I'm trying not to be anybody's uh, dad, except, except for my kids, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, but I, it's a more gentle kind of accountability. You know, I want to, again, be helpful and stuff, but I, I guess I do recognize that we've got to balance practice the, the sadhana against all these other requirements. So are, you less, are you less strict, would you say? Um, yeah, I'm less strict. I'm less, less of an asshole, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> 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 and you kind of allow you allow them to kind of figure it out themselves or you know i mean i remember one of my one of my first teachers pierre Seguier, he always said something kind of memorable to me and he said you know like I, and i said why do you ever give any instruction you know like i mean i think i went years with pierre and you know he gave me some adjustments but you know he really didn't tell he didn't you know he didn't tell me anything and i think you know he said oh, I, I wouldn't want to spoil the journey for you you know <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, I, I think i don't give lots and lots of instruction. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm also not going to chase people. So they, they have to do a lot of the work to get there themselves. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to, uh, make sure that they come. They have to, yeah. they have to get there on their own. You can, yeah, you can be a, I kind of, you can be a starter motor, but you can't keep the motor running, you know, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Or you can take a horse to water. <laughs> an yeah. X number of times before you get bored it won't drink <laughs> yeah you know and, and then what I've found too is that there's always people that are hungry too right or, or thirsty and so so you it's silly to get fixated on a set sort of person or group you know that you that that's uh it's not a very productive kind of way of doing it I I, I try not to get so focused on any individual in that sense either you know and you're also a type right because i mean i guess the first type that we knew because we surrounded with them was a very very type a kind of in quotation marks personality right the, yeah you know and now i i think what you're saying also is that you know a lot of your students as mine are are people that are much more you know regular kind of household in the world right and they want to use the practice to a certain degree in a certain way right like so yeah. strictness doesn't really work for them you know yeah i think that's very accurate that the, the uh, demographic i guess the, yeah, right. has changed a little bit too, right you know where too when we were doing it at, you know um at the beginning for my yoga journey in ashtanga it was full of uh full of yeah a types and um i guess we everybody know. was uh, kind of uh, into development you know yeah. Yeah. and now i find it shifted into uh, healing a lot of it is about healing, and and that that could be the same thing. Or it, there there's also a lot of room where it's not the same. Like people are trying to come back from something, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Would well, you think that, I mean, because we've got now, I mean, you know, like when we both started, I think it was like, well, you either did a Yengar, like maybe if, if you were that type of person or a bit older, you always did a Stanga, right? Like there wasn't like yeah, a whole right. of choices, but now it's like, if you're a young person, like, like why would you stick with this traditional system when you could do like vinyasa with rave or, you know, like mm-hmm. boxing and yoga, or, you know, it's like, so a lot of these yeah. young people, I think, you know, like the tradition seems a bit like stick in the mud, you know, it's like, you know, so I think sure, our yeah. graphic has gotten older that, you know, appreciates or likes that tradition, right? you know? Yeah. yeah, I get I get it a lot. I mean, this the whole wave of uh, movement stuff that's been coming out, you know, in the last few years. Yeah, Edo uh, kind of, Yeah, and sometimes I'm talking about tradition and an approach, a certain you know, a certain way that we do it, and someone will kind of come into the conversation. Usually, it's on the line, you know, and say like, "But well, why would you do it like that when you know you could do it like this or like that or like that?" And it's like. Because it's traditional, because this yeah. is what we've kind of agreed to. So what do you like about tradition? And that's another question I really wanted to ask you. Like, what, what is it about tradition that's, that's important? Or why would you just not break that? You could do it a better way, like a handstand, you know? I mean, like, you know? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I like, uh, I mean, there's lots of different under- like meanings of tradition, right? So if we're talking about our tradition in, mm. in yoga, like mm. parampara, Mm. Um, I like I like the idea of transmission. Mm. You know that that there's this message that keeps being passed through generations, through centuries, through millennia, and, um, and that at its essence, there's there's some kind of um, you know energetic value. You know, you like there, there's a spark being passed passed mm. on. Mm. and uh there's, there's something very magical to me about that you know that mm. and to think that that spark is a little bit different in different traditions you know like whatever that that oh. thing is that's being passed so on like a, you imagine it's like an essence you know an essence of an energy that's being passed down through the years right yeah and it's subtly changed by all the different hands you know that are that are carrying it mm-hmm. and uh and and um that it for whatever reason people f- have found it valuable enough over all those years to keep passing it on you know mm. like that's a test mm. because you know there there is a lot of sacrifice and hard work involved in carrying these things yeah and so it's it's kind of been tested by time by all these people that mm. this just works that it's there's something to it that it needs yeah. to be carried forward. So as a teacher of Ashtanga, you you say it's imperative to go to Mysore, right? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, you need you need to get in touch with that spark. Right, yeah, yeah. To, to the source, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah. I mean, Shrat, Shrat isn't the only one that holds that. Shrat's also a, a carrier, right? He's, he's, right. Not the, he's not the one radiating it. He, he's also transmitting it. He's carrying it you know, as it was passed on to him. Yeah. So, I mean, you you could, he's definitely like uh, the strongest in, in a lot of ways, you know, that yeah. way. Um, but I, I imagine you could get access to that message through people that have accessed it, probably through him, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. But I think Shrat would, I mean, Shrat says, so he just said it in the conference the other day, it's yoga is, is not owned by anybody, you know? It's for everybody. Yeah, yeah. 
you know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I know another aspect of, uh, of your teaching, or at least something which was very particular with you, I, I knew from exposure to you, is that was your feelings on diet. Um, do, you, <laughs> do, you, do you still put it out there? I mean, I know you, you are, I'm sure you're still vegan, right? I mean, what's yeah, your... I am, yeah. like, have you, have you, how do you sync that to your, your perspective on yoga? I mean, and it's a perspective, and, and uh, I'm, not everyone's going to be on page, but I think that everyone's interested in diet these days, right, more than ever. Um, sure, yeah. I think, you know, if we're talking about the body, we're also talking about diet. And if we're talking about ahimsa, we're also talking about perspective of living in the world that is, you know, in, in line with the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or how, I mean, could you say anything about your view on the diet? And I mean, like just said, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you're still vegan. Um, that's correct. I am, yeah. I'm a, yeah, and I'm an ethical vegan. I mean, I'm yeah. not a vegan for for my health. Mm. Um, though I do, I do think it is a very healthy diet, and, mm. but, um, I'm a vegan because of my belief in ahimsa. Yeah. I, mm. I don't believe that, um, we need to kill animals to survive. Um, and I, the reason that I'm a vegan and not just a vegetarian is because most of the dairy industry is, is closely tied in to yeah. the, that same meat industry. Right one in the same virtually mm-hmm. and um you know i'm i i think people have had relationships with animals in the past that were loving and and more um there was there was more of a one-on-one you know like uh so i don't know i i mean and so i guess i could see people eating meat in that case so i would think it's weird to eat your friends but maybe if they uh if they like kind of died of natural causes or something, even then I still, I would find that odd, but. Well, I think the, it's like an industry now, whereas at one point it wasn't an industry. It was like, you had a goat in your backyard and right. Like, I mean, it's kind of strange to yeah. get up and get attached to it and then kill it. But you know, I mean, it yeah. makes sense rearing a shitload of them and then, you know. Yeah. Right. People, some them. people don't have any problem with it at all. Like really zero problem with the idea of like, I'm going to kill that and eat it and put it. But for me, I have always had a problem with it. I've yeah. always, it's always been something that. Do you feel? Me. Is that a personal thing, or, or how? How? I mean, not to put you on the spot, but how far would you go in, in terms of how important is the perspective of diet to practicing the the, the yoga? Would you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, for for me, oh. it's very important. But yeah. also following ahimsa. I'm I'm not trying to uh, you know hurt anybody or belittle them into into following my choices. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. But, but for me, it would be very hard to to practice what I consider to be ahimsa and and uh, not be a vegan. Yeah, you know, yeah. or at least vegetarian. I would think, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But exactly. but I don't know. You know, people get really. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a touchy subject. Yeah, but also yeah. it's a subject that people are. I mean, the, you know that you know, everyone, if I ask a question, you know, on, on social media, who I've got this great teacher, what should I ask? Those are, what, what do they eat? You know, they want to know, like, what your diet is. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you eat? Like, what, what would you say is, is, has helped you in your yoga path, you know? For- um, I, I'm pretty protein heavy in my diet. Uh, I've, I've gone through different diets over the years, you know, like uh, always vegan, but like tried different combinations. For a while, I was trying a macrobiotic diet. A, um, a strong vegan, so well, you must be getting a lot of protein. What do you get? It, what do you get the protein from? 
Um, I get it from, you know, beans, um, tofu. I eat a lot of tofu. I like tofu. Uh, soy, yeah. Um, mm. uh, gluten, you know, I'll do uh, seitan. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, gluten, they kind of, you say, uh, we, I eat like a seitan. It was, what is it? Vital wheat gluten. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> gluten. Yeah. Yeah. How terrible. <laughs> Uh, it's very chewy. It's got a good kind of bite to it. I think it's like the highest uh, vegetable source protein, right? They it's, yeah, it's going to be very high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that, uh, yeah, and then I've you know I've tried um, I've tried different things. Uh, I tried to do a bit more of uh, a low carb thing, uh, but it's difficult as a vegan. So I, yeah. I kind of stopped stopped trying to do that because it was making me a little. Uh, hungry <laughs> all the time. <laughs> just Satan steamed broccoli or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that oil, you know, and just eating oil instead of food. Right. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. It was, uh, wasn't great. I guess the thing is, as you get older, like, like I recognize that you just have to adapt your diet, right? Like, what you felt was like the cardinal rule of like, this is how I eat. Like, you realize, like, ah, oh, ten years later, no, I can't. You know, that I yeah, can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think veganism has really saved me in a lot of ways from having to be too careful otherwise, you know, um, yeah. because everything's plant-based. It's just, it, it kind of keeps me within a certain range, right? you know, that I, I think is pretty healthy most of the time. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Without going further down the uh, old touch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to hear, you know, and everyone's got a different perspective. And I think, you know, and, and the diet is a really, as long as you're doing something physical with the energetics of your body, you're doing something, you know, putting something into your body, right? Which, you know, it makes a difference, you know? Yeah. So the whole yeah you have to eat like an athlete, I think, if you're practicing Ashtanga. Yeah. You know? And you you're really to pay some form of energy, aren't you? So you're not going to dull that yeah. down with foods that are not helping that, surely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know it does make a difference, right? Um, no, I do eat a lot of chips. Lately, it was like last month. I've eaten a lot of chips. Yeah, goes well with a dark beer. Um, exactly. <laughs> well, okay, so I'm kind of like rounding it off now. What's um, obviously you know you've been teaching for a long time, and we hope you'll be teaching for a long time to come. What what keeps you motivated um, in the in, in teaching? What, what keeps you charged up and inspired to keep on teaching and putting it out there? Well, teaching is a really good way to learn as well. You know, like I find when I, uh, when I think about teaching something, I want to make sure I know it properly, mm. you know? So it, in a way, um, the practice and teaching kind of circle each other really well. For me, you know, that it motivates me both ways. Practice motivates me to teach and, and uh, teaching motivates me to practice. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to kind of keep using different tools like technology and, and, um, you know, I, I don't know how, if you have it the same way, but I feel like there's some ideas that are very hard to communicate properly, you know, like, like even for example, say the idea of my store, you know, my store is a hard thing in right. some ways to sell, you know, to to, to get people to walk into it if they've never done it because it's mm. very intimidating and stuff. So part of what I've found uh, is that it, the better we can kind of craft a description, 
you know, yeah. or, or a message, the, the more successful it'll be. And so I feel like that about all of the teaching, like we keep trying to refine our message and over, yeah. over the years, we find a better way to say it. So it hits the mark, right? Like, and so it hits the mark, like with all people, right? Like, so all different kinds of people, you learn how to present it in the right way for them. I don't exactly. know. Like, it's hard not to be a proselytizer, you know, like a, you know, some kind of zealot for the yoga. And you just kind of, I still yeah. guess, I feel it's like, if, if someone has walked out the door and they haven't, they haven't come back, then I haven't presented it in the quite the right way. Yeah. would have loved it. Hardly you know? your fault. Yeah, yeah. They loved it, you know, they can't not love it. I've just got to get the right yeah. way for that person, you know, like the right shade, you know, the right kind of tone, right? Yeah. And I love that. I, I mean, I, it's, it's like practice in that sense because it's repetitive. You know, you're saying, you're describing the same thing all the time, saying yeah. the same thing. So you have the chance to really hone it and to, you know, and same with like uh, workshops and things like that. When I'm, I'm building a, a workshop around an idea or an ability, then I, I keep changing it all the time because I, I keep watching what's going on and seeing what works, t- trying to take out what doesn't, you know? And so I love, I love the repetition of it and getting the chance to, to try again, you know, and, and to make it better. Yeah. 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 Mm. Nice. And what, um, what keeps you getting up? Uh, I mean, I assume you do your practice or not, maybe not before now you're doing it after teaching now. Yeah. I, if I can do it later, I'll do it later. Like right. yeah, not too much later, but, um, yeah, it depends. Uh, for a while, I did it very early, for years and years. It's still early, and it's still a hard practice, and it's daily, you know, pretty much daily with the moon days and the days off, you know. But, I mean, yeah. what, what, what are, you know, have you got any tips for anyone, you know, listening to how to keep on the mat and keep doing it? What, what's, apart from coffee, what, what's, yeah. what's your, <laughs> you know, how do you, keep, how do you keep on it? I think, you know, there's there's a an expectation that we're always carrying into uh, our practice like we're going to get somewhere or do something and then the easiest thing you can do i mean the only place you have to get is on your mat you know what i mean the in, in the sense of like what what happens after that is everything after that is part of practice right so you basically just have to show up for the experience of whatever's going to happen that day mm-hmm. but if we have a, a sort of expectation of what kind of experience or only a certain bandwidth for experience. You know, I can only have this kind of experience on the mat. Then inevitably we're not going to get on the mat because we don't, we don't want to have those other experiences. Right. You know, Mm. but I have to go today and have the experience of maybe, you know, feeling fat from eating too many chips, drinking too much beer, or I have to go feel old or I have to feel less than, or maybe yeah. it's a good day. Maybe I'm going to feel light or, yeah. you know, who knows? Yeah. But I, get, I have to go have that experience. So I can't say I, I have to go on there and have a good practice or a strong practice and wait till I'm ready. I just have to go there and see what happens. Right. So it, it's in a way, it's like saying, um, you know, like there's nothing that you that isn't part of the practice, right? In that sense. Like uh, we, we have to be willing to experience everything. And once you can do that, then I think it's much easier to show up on the mat. So it's just a question of kind of accepting experience in a way. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the point, right? You know, we yeah. frame it by getting on the mat. Yeah. yeah. And then we practice accepting it. Yeah, yeah. And then like uh, on that kind of carrying on on that kind of vibe, what, what, how would you see your practice developing now? Like obviously like 
none of us is getting any younger. Like, how do you see it developing over the years? Is it still developing? And how would you qualify that development now? I, I go through seasons. I've noticed, you know, like there'll be times when I'm I'm stronger and and pushing into asana, and then times when I'm um, I'm nurturing my uh, myself or uh, healing from injuries, or you know, so. It really depends. Usually my, my cycle kind of goes around Mysore. You know, if I know I'm going to Mysore, I find that inspires me to get a bit more physical. Right. And, uh, and then back, I kind of carry that back from Mysore into, into Toronto or in, around. And, and then I, I slowly get a bit softer and fatter as the, <laughs> as the year progresses. And then, you know, get in so, shape. but I think, I think that's the way it is too. You know, like you can't always be, yeah functioning at the top of your game right you gotta you gotta rest and yeah it sounds like a kind of lot of the kind of ebb and flow and the acceptance of you know like kind of you know all different seasons there right which yeah don't, don't you have that too uh i i i'm fine so i guess i struggle with the acceptance i probably just i mean i i don't now change very easily but you know at a personal level i kind of thoroughly speak on trying to kind of maintain and you know i, I find it hard to just uh, let go of things yeah yeah i do yeah I just worry about, I guess, you know, I worry about not being able to pick them up again, you know. I, <laughs> yeah. Trying to pick it up again, you know. How, how yeah. hard can you get before it's like too late? That's it. That's curtains, you know, you're done. You, know? Yeah. you like it too much, you know, like you get pulled into it too. Oh, no, you know, I like the beer and the chips too much. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that, you know. It's kind of yeah, hard. Right. I won't be able to rain it back. You, know? you must have a lot of stuff. You don't. Yeah. But you, you uh, I mean, we... We wouldn't feel good, you know, unless we were. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Well, there you're thinking. Right, so uh, uh, just a little quick fire, or, you know, roughly off the top of your head, just in a couple of words. What would you say your greatest achievement has been? Greatest, uh, uh, greatest, greatest achievement. achievement in my in my life. Well, yeah, yeah. No, uh, oh, not just yoga. You know, not just getting in Garen de Berenardsna. Anything. <laughs> Uh, well, um, I guess I'm always hopeful it, it hasn't come yet, you know, <laughs> it's in <front> of me, <laughs> but, uh, so far it's, uh, being a dad, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so hopefully I'll continue to be a good, I guess you have dad. to say that. And it's kind of, I guess I you have to say that. Come on. The, yeah. the kids might watch this one day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I, I think, um, anytime I, I can be of service, I mean, that sounds cheesy or whatever, but, but that's that's probably the truth of it, you yeah, know, like uh, yeah. when it comes down to it, yeah. it's our relationship with other people that, yeah. so it, whenever I've been of, of value and then, yeah, just ending up in a position where I can help anybody else, yeah. help good yeah. choices. That's a good thing. I, I wouldn't have expected that at some points in my life, you know, earlier. Really? Right. Oh yeah, sure. When I was a teenager and in my twenties and stuff. Yeah. Right. What did you do? I mean, what did you do for work, by the way? Before? Uh, well, I never really. I used to be. Uh, I used to be into playing music. So I would do um, odd jobs, kind of. Okay. I like cooked in the kitchen, and yeah, I would, uh, you know, submit my body for medical experiments. <laughs> 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 yeah, I would do whatever, and then yeah, I, yeah. I would. I would usually make money, and then travel for a year and oh. very cheaply or something, and then come back. I would busk, you know, play music oh. on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Until and then in university I started teaching. So I've basically being a yeah. yoga teacher has been my only job, my only real job my whole life. You know. Yeah, same as me really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
we're uh, we're pretty useful. Yeah, by <laughs> the yoga teaching, I I haven't got that many uses. Um, okay, let's carry on. Well, and, and this is a again probably a foregone conclusion, or maybe not. Your biggest inspiration. Your biggest in, inspiration. Uh, it could be a person, could be a thing, anything. Yeah, yeah. Again, the question is broad and wide. You can't pause too long, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, biggest inspiration. Hmm. I don't. I just don't think this way, Adam. I don't. I don't think in like uh, these absolutes, like the yeah, you know uh, the favorite colors and the. Well, let's uh, say one, one inspiration that comes. You know, one one great inspiration in your life. Yeah, it's a silly, the silly little round of quick fire questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like uh, um, I really, I I really like uh, this will sound uh, weird, <laughs> but uh, Freud. I really like Freud. Like a uh, very interesting uh, guy. Very uh, he produced this huge body of work. Massive, like, uh, massive. Yeah, yeah. And, and really super interesting, and created this whole world. You know, this whole imaginary world that uh, kind of mapped over yeah. our experience in, in some ways. And so I used, yeah. to, I used to be really obsessed I mean, with uh, Freud. That he wasn't kind of offering, you know. So I, I, you know, as a younger kind of like young, but then as you get older, you kind of like Freud's kind of uncertainty. Like he didn't, you know, as a young, he, he seemed to try to draw some some kind of conclusions, you know. Like, but Freud, I mean, to the end of his life, he was very uncertain and you know, and honest about his experience of life, which I liked, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's quite dark. At the, uh, yeah, at the end, right? Like yeah, his last yeah. quotation, like this life is an what is it? A, 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 a small. Uh, Feeling of pain in an ocean of uncertainty, a small island of pain. <laughs> Something like that. I'm dying <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks, Roy. Yeah. Yeah. I, like <laughs> I, I uh, he, he was um, sort of released from Germany uh, to be able to go live in England, you know. Um, uh, so, but to be able to be uh, let out of Germany, he had to write a letter that said uh, that the Nazis hadn't uh, harmed him or whatever it said. Right. So he, he wrote uh, he wrote some letter that said uh, something to the effect of, uh, I, I recommend the Nazi regime <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> I most yeah. highly recommend the Nazis. Yeah. You know. highly the service has been excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, funny, funny, dark guy. Well, um, what goals for the future? You what goal? What kind of goals for the future you got? Wanna stay alive and stay fit. Uh, keep teaching. I'd, I'd like to keep growing um, yeah. as a teacher. You know, like uh, yeah, I'm, we're building a studio. It's all very kind of Toronto as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. more of the same. You know, I, I really, I mean, I like things as they are, and I want to, I wanted to keep keep going and. Um, yeah, the goal is just yeah, to make I, what you've already got. Yeah. Yeah, I feel really like optimistic about yoga and ashtanga in the future. You know, I feel like there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of room still. So, you know, new people practicing it all the time now. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what would you say? Um, what would you say your favorite kind of thing to do outside the yoga? Like, if you like, just to give an idea of you outside the yoga teacher. Yeah. What? What? Do you still play music, or what do you like to do outside? Just so people get an idea of, you know. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. I don't play music anymore. I like to listen to music. Right. Right. Well, uh, a lot, but I don't. I don't play anymore. But um, yeah. Uh, we uh, walk the dogs a lot. 
Uh, yeah. Toronto's got a lot of ravines and uh, nature. So what is it? what's the what's the species of dog? The little dog you have? What is it? That, that's a Chihuahua. Right. Maybe okay. maybe there's a little something in there, but mostly Chihuahua. That, that's the and, one. And uh, yeah, and then the other one's like half uh, half Samoyed and half Jindal. Uh, it's a Korean dog. It's still a short walk. It's not. It's not a long. Uh, no, no, we go, we go <laughs> forever. That, that, yeah. yeah, that little guy goes and goes and goes. Yeah, you yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we we walk around. Um, yeah, I spend a lot of time with my kids. I don't, I don't have yeah. a ton of free time uh, yeah, besides yeah. that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, it's been amazing having you. Um, thanks so much for giving your time. Um, I usually say about what schedule you've got going, but I guess you know everyone can find you online these days, right now, and. And that's that, about it. <laughs> that's about the scope of our travel right now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. thanks a lot for having me, Adam. It was good yeah, to no, it's been amazing it's to see you again. I guess, yeah. Type in Dave Robson to Google. We don't even say the website anymore. And, and uh, you'll come up, yeah. with, come up with enough to keep you occupied for a long, long time. <laughs> so thanks, yeah. Dave, for having, uh, having this uh, time with me. And um, look forward to maybe seeing you one day in the flesh again if we, if we ever... Let out of this. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in my phone, sure. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs>